Welcome to New Kids on the Block, a podcast for newcomers who want to explore blockchains and cryptocurrencies. On this show, we discuss and dissect all things crypto for beginners and intermediate users and help them navigate their way through this fascinating yet overwhelming new space. Let's dive right in. Ethereum Network completes the merge as heading straight down to zero, fulfilling the up-only TV curse yet again. This is the New Kids on the Block podcast. I'm your host, Idu, back in the saddle. Along with me here is my partner in crime, real estate mogul and crypto sage, Fody Kvilakoras. Hey, Fody, how's it going? You do. How you doing? Down to I zero, know. eh? Yeah, yeah. Like we always do, you know, we start from <laughs> zero, we go back to zero. It's a full circle. <laughs> the beginning and the end. The alpha and the omega. Mm-hmm. How you been? I've been all right. I, I've, I've missed you, man. I haven't, we haven't done this for a while, so I've, I've missed the, the feeling of you know bantering and, you know, pontificating the life, <laughs> the financial and crypto life, and you know it's good to be back. Yeah, it's good to have you back. How was your How was your trip? I mean, tell the tell the people about you know your gallivanting across the the south. I mean, what a dangerous place you went to, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's been a quite busy summer. I've been spending a lot of time with family, and you know, we decided to, to take a little trip to the south before they um, they flew back to China. And yeah, it was it was it was fun. It was a fun trip. Uh, other than that, the fact that I spent the second half of the trip in bed, recovering from COVID. Other than that, everything was was fun and and, and liberating. So it's good to be back. Now I've been told reliably that COVID is is over. So are you are you saying here now, breaking news on the podcast, that, that it, that's actually not the case? I, I I think I will be the first one to testify that that's not the case, and it's alive and kicking very well. Jeez, Louise, man! Oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Glad to hear that you're uh, that you're better. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's good, right? It makes you realize that, you know, life is short and important. Like just seize every moment, you know, hug your loved ones. Yes. Record, record with Fody. Record with Fody. <laughs> These are all... don't, don't record. Don't record with someone else. <laughs> don't record. I got to tell you from, uh, from the experience of, of having a, a niche on the, on the pod, um, last week, um, I noticed that I make a lot more uh, uh, blunders uh, when you're not on because, uh, mm. you know, I'm expected to talk more, which I think is just a natural kind of occurrence. Right. When I have to talk more, I'm going to say more dumb things. <laughs> uh, so one of the first things I said was uh, can't wait for that uh, <laughs> lower than expected uh <laughs> <laughs> like the uh, the CPI index yep. come in, huh? What a mm-hmm. what a great call by me on that one. It's <laughs> absolutely torched after last week. So I mean, maybe maybe you're just pulling a Jim Cramer. You know, you're just like saying the opposite of the reality, and then people can counter trade you, and just, that's just also value. Me. You know, just fade me, folks. Just fade <laughs> me. I don't know where the hell I heard that news from. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I I guess I'm not the only one to, to that, that thought that that's how things were going to come in. But this is why. You don't listen to random people on the internet, right? Because they'll, they'll do stuff like well, this. Well, what I'll say, so. well, I listened to the podcast, by the way, you did with Anish. I thought it was it was really refreshing uh, in the sense that, and I'm, I'm learning from this myself as I listen to it. I feel like I should ask you more questions because actually most of the time you, 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 you pretend like you don't know anything, but actually you know a lot of stuff. And mm. you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that little bit piece of advice to myself and I start asking you 40 more questions about that all right yeah I don't know if that's what the listeners really want but uh, we'll we'll go with it we'll see how we can both evolve into me being a knowledgeable person and you asking me questions that I don't know the answer to these are all, right. all really good. let's let's just go with it let's see how let's it goes it. yeah <laughs> all right so speaking of which um, let's just kind of dive dive right into it we kind of um, alluded to in the in the in the intro a little bit. So there was the merge that happened. Uh, it was a very important merge. Um, and of course, I'm talking about the merge between Ledger Status and Crypto Cobain in person somewhere in Europe. I saw that. Uh, well, that was uh, insane. That was the only merge that matters this entire week. Um, no, I'm is kidding, it, of course. <laughs> is, it, is it Kobe is like really tall or is it that Ledger is really short? How I, does that? 
What, what's I, the I scale think, there? I think the the answer is that Ledger is short and Kobe is tall. Like nobody expected that because everybody thought never nobody has ever seen Kobe in real life, and people just expect him to be like this short blonde who looks like Cobain. Yeah. But it turns out he's this gigantic, you know, I don't know, six feet tall guy, British dude, just towering over Ledger. You know, so I thought it was pretty hilarious. Yeah, yeah, taking taking a picture in the garden, mm-hmm. in their in their garden, aka yeah. what Brits call their their front their front lawn. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean that 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 ETH merge, man. Uh, we we were talking a, a little bit about it last week, and it was like, um, like, I, I guess the, my kind of expectation was um, that it would drop. I think uh, what we saw was probably a bunch of miners that were <laughs> dumping all of their their coins onto the market right after after the mm-hmm. merge occurred. Is that what? Is that like your perspective on why ETH has been performing, I guess, pretty poorly? Not from yeah. a technical perspective, but from a currency perspective. I think, yeah, fundamentally, I think that is exactly what happened. Um, there's this, you know, buy the rumor, sell, sell the news kind of thing. Um, and people have been talking about it for a while now. Like, oh, as soon as the merge happens, uh, it's going to, you know, we're going to dump for sure. So this is not really anything that's you know earth shattering to me um i guess what is is a little bit surprising to me is is the the scale uh with which that happened um maybe it's not just the the fundamentals of ethereum itself there's a whole lot of other things going on that caused this dump which we'll cover in a second uh but it's just overall i think you know the markets uh, did not react favorably uh, as, as as you would expect to the mm. merge yeah. Um, and, but in the long term, again, I think this is, I'm going to put my long term hat thinking hat on. I think all of this doesn't matter. Um, I think the after the merge, I have the stats here, the issuance of Ethereum, which just went down 95%, uh, which means there's going to be like 95% uh, less of Ethereum, Ether supply uh, on the network post merge. And you combine that with the EIP 1559. Um, burning mechanism so you're burning more ether you're supplying less you know the natural way for the price of ethereum to go is up in the long run so in the long run i'm not super worried about it i think in the short run it's just the macroeconomics is is a little bit shit and people are scared people want to cash in people got really touchy skittish after the recent tax luna you know, 3AC, people, as soon as they see like a liquidity opportunity, they cash in. So nothing wrong with that. So that's my take on it. What do you think, Fody? So what I'd like to do is throw a complete 100% wrench in your agenda and ask you a completely random question because I just found, sure. it, I found it so fascinating. So I'm, I'm looking, I'm on CoinMarketCap and I'm looking at, you know, the price and ETH is up 6, 6% today, right? Six points. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look at the market, the market on mass was killed today, right? It mm. was another like crazy day. So I think this is the first time in a while, at least, or at least since I've been paying attention, that we've seen market, specifically NASDAQ, be yeah. in the red and coins in the green. There's a crazy divergence going on. Uh, coupling is happening man finally do you think like (laughs) could it be i mean it's so like everything is up except for stables today i mean everything like Mm -hmm. green like it's a green crypto day and the there was blood all over the streets um from like you know the stock market perspective so like i um i'm i'm really curious like why why is why is this happening yeah. now? I, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I have the perfect answer here, uh, but I think first of all, I don't think that the, the decoupling is actually happening. <laughs> I'm, I was joking <laughs> when I said that. Case anyone didn't realize. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think maybe one day, right? Because right now we're still very much um, dependent on the the traditional equities market, and the as you. We're paying attention this past week. You know, Fed just raised interest again, um, as expected, another seventy-five basis points, and um, 
that obviously, you know, it's not going to help the traditional markets. Um, interestingly, crypto wasn't impacted. I guess it was impacted when it first came out. Um, it kind of, you know, dumped and then it pumped again. But it sounds like maybe today was just a kind of a, a dead cat bounce, if you will, uh, of the crypto markets. So I do expect the two markets to converge uh, moving forward uh, very soon. But, you know, in the short run, maybe we're seeing a bit of a rare occasion of um, crypto diverging from equities markets. Yeah, I'm wondering if like it's got anything to do with um, with Asian markets. Um, and maybe, maybe we we will see either, and I think maybe we'll talk about this at some point, but like, you know, power, power of the dollar as 50 cent would say, right. Power of the power of the dollar, maybe seeing a little, maybe seeing a little blip in that and, um, Asian markets, maybe capitalizing a little bit and, and we got to realize that coins are all over the world, right. It's a global market. Mm -hmm. So I'm, uh, just, uh, just interested about about all that uh what was your question again <laughs> my question was <laughs> i forgot oh gosh i forgot too see this is how how much longer we haven't done this you know yeah. just, like, lose our momentum <laughs> yeah. anyways so i want to i want to ask you about yeah fear of it right so yeah. so you know we 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 had the merge so we basically switched we've completed the switch from proof of work to proof of stake Mm -hmm. Finally, after years and years of talking, we finally made this into, into a reality. So, so now what, right? So now we are the Ethereum. The majority of the chain is running on the, the proof of stake yep. um, uh, mechanism. There's still a, a tiny bit of a contingency that's still choose to stay. Basically, what happened is we had a hard fork um, of the proof of proof of work people. And then they created their own chain. So now you have these two parallel chain, um, you know, on Ethereum. One is the, the Ethereum proof of study, proof of stake. The other is Ethereum proof of work. So now the question becomes: What comes after this? What's going to happen right. with the ETH uh, POW chain versus the POS chain? So yeah, you, yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it it seems like that work has kind of mostly kind of died down a little bit. Um, the effort, mm -hmm. at least from the reports that I'm seeing, um, I think there is an explanation as to why ETH's been dumping. And if you look at like on-chain data um, from the 12th to the 19th, according to OKLink, miners dumped over 16,000 ETH onto the market, right? Mm -hmm. so when there's more supply, on the market, obviously the price is going to get killed. There is speculation, I think you're alluding to it, that a lot of the miners um, were kind of sending some ETH to other exchanges so that they can participate in the uh, POW just sounds like a really, really bad way. Prisoner of, <laughs> Prisoner of war fork that they have for, for, for the other ETH, uh, the, the proof yeah. of work chain that they have because um, they're expecting like a, like a new airdrop for that. Um, and I yeah. think that that's kind of, that's kind of fizzled a bit. I mean, I think those people are kind of shit out of luck, um, traditional miners, right? Um, because they're, they're profiting off of a system in where they were essentially kind of early adopters, um, which is great. Like being, you know, having that position and that opportunity is like super great if you're there. Mm -hmm. But when you actually try and transact on, on Ethereum, yeah. which I think anyone that has done anything with any type of like Ethereum related project or, or try to transact in Ethereum, it's absolutely like painful, right? So I think in the grand scheme of things, like where volume will be will probably be where, you know, like the, the predominance will be in that chain. And I think what we're going to see is if it's going to be exponentially cheaper to actually transact on the, the POS um, Ethereum or Ethereum 2.0, whatever the hell they're calling it now, mm -hmm. I think that's where people are going to go, right? I mean, yeah. there's nothing to mine if there's no transactions. So, right, right. right? At, yeah. at the, in the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's, it's all about the network effect. Yeah. If the majority of the NFTs live on POS chain and the majority of the, the trading and the transaction happen on POS. People are going to migrate there. People are not going to stay on the on the proof of work chain, even if the miners are 
are still staying there. Obviously, they are incentivized to stay there because they can still mine, they can still make coins. Yep. But at the end of the day, if you you're losing users, that chain is gonna is gonna slightly taper off and maybe die one day, right? Similar to to the the Ethereum Classic, uh, which was the the you know happened as a result of the DAO hack happened to the Ethereum. So Vitalik decided to you know cut put that. the line in the sand and then yeah. and start a new new hard fork. Uh, and then whatever the, the the hacked funds stay on the Ethereum Classic chain, which has effect, effectively become a ghost chain because nobody is really using the ETC now, other than for speculative trading purposes. So yeah, and may, maybe it's worth it you to, to just do like a quick explanation on like why the cost on the proof of you know for for people that don't know or they they've heard about Ethereum but they're not exactly sure why costs were so high to transact. There were so many transactions on the Ethereum, you know, what we call the regular, you know, ETH, Ethereum chain, right? That network that miners were chilling out there and they're basically saying, I'm going to prioritize the transactions that I actually want to mine, Mm -hmm. right? Because there's so many of them out there that we can just gouge people basically on the network cost. So if you've ever transacted with an Ethereum, you could you you could see like if you hopped in your MetaMask, you could see speed up this transaction for another $3,000 or so depending on the size of the transaction that you were doing, right? It was some exorbitant fee. Mm-hmm. If people aren't transacting to that level on that network, right? It has an adverse effect on the miners as well because miners want to want to stay on proof of work because it's lucrative. But if there aren't transactions in that system, I pose to you, oh, oh, wise one, the cost goes down of what they of what they can actually how they can actually mine, like what they can return from a mine. And then is it even worth it for them to hang out in that environment? That's right. I think that's the that's the million dollar question. I think eventually when you start when you started to lose users, you lose the network effect and um it's becoming less and less profitable to mine. And a lot of these miners, they have super high fixed costs. Like they have like a huge mine. I mean, I know Ethereum can be mined using like GPUs, but still you need like an exorbitant amount of hardware to support your mining. So how long can you sustain the mining if the user adoption keeps going down? And eventually you, you're like, there's only a certain amount of time you can you can be mining in the red, right? Until you go bust. So when those miners go, it becomes even harder to mine. So your hash rate goes down. It becomes this like, almost like a, a vicious cycle of, you know, it's like a death spiral basically. So I'm not really bullish on the future of um, um, proof of work blockchain or uh, Ethereum blockchain uh, because I feel like people are going to, users are going to decide, right? At the end of the day, it is a, a democratic process where people decide, you know, which chain to go to. If the majority of the stakers are staying on the POS chain, um, there are not going to be too many people left on the POW chain. And eventually it's just going to, you know, taper off. Yeah, I mean, what I can say for sure is that I'm super excited to... Uh you know, to buy some JPEGs on the internet now. So <laughs> I'm, I'm very, I'm very happy that the, the ETH chain, I was just looking at the, um, um, like from a technical perspective, um, it was a cool website called Masari. You can go on there and check out, um, actually like the average transaction fees for ETH. Um, and they've just like dramatically decreased basically since June right like what the right. average transaction fee was per um transaction um and um the thing that people need to understand about eth especially in proof of work is that <clears throat> like the amount of transactions the network can handle per second or per minute since ethereum is kind of more distributed in a proof of work approach it means that the network can't actually validate and transact that many transactions per minute. So if you have even a, a relatively small volume, um, you know, I think they were, you know, they, they could get, I don't know, 10 or 15 or 20 related transactions per minute. If you look at that compared to like a more centralized chain from an architecture perspective, like Solana, 
mm-hmm. um, or, or Avalanche or something like that, um, or even ICP, th- they can transact 3x, 4x, 5x the amount of time, right? So with now Ethereum moving to proof of stake, there's so so the the proof of stake is do you know off the top of your head you do how how much eth you need to hold to participate in proof of stake so i thought it was a decent amount like 40 30, ETH? i think 30 32 30? eth uh if you want to be a node if you uh, want although, to be a node yeah right. i think i think rocket pool has like like um like a dimmed down version of it it's like four eth or something obviously you can do lido which is more you know has a even lower uh threshold mm-hmm. um but that's that's actually another point I want to bring up. So you yeah. mentioned the decentralization piece uh, between POW and POS. Um, I agree that there is a certain level of decentralization uh, or centralization, rather, uh, in the in the in the proof of work because of the, a lot of miners are really concentrated. However, this is the case against the proof of stake, right? There will still continue to be such issue in the POS system because you are switching one problem to another. So under the POS, you'll have you're gonna have a lot of big stakers, if you will, like yep. Coinbase, like Lido, like Rocket Pool, like like these guys are gonna become the new central players. Um, I read a stat today saying that Lido is probably gonna control like thirty percent of the proof of stake staking uh, under the new chain, which could be a concern because you know if you want to maintain the the neutrality the the, the decentralization of the network having you know huge um stakers like that could be a problem down the road um yeah i don't know how it's going to play out i think eventually the market is going to adjust itself maybe we're going to see some sort of you know new players coming in and try to break break the, the the control of these big stakers but um, I think that's just something to keep in mind as we we're not necessarily get away from the the centralization problem. Mm-hmm. We're just switching one from one problem to another. But with centralization, you would agree that those transactions will be faster. On the oh, US. for sure. Yeah, for sure. De- definitely yeah. will be faster. And in, combine that with the layer two solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be. I feel like the, the the efficiency or the usability of, of Ethereum is going to go away very soon uh it's just you know we're we're trading off probably the centralization with efficiency a little bit here yeah 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 which i know is always a concern of yours you know <laughs> uh, not me so much i'm not but... gonna beat the horse to death this time so i think we can stop there <laughs> that horse is dead man he's, yeah. he's been dead no, i'm kidding dead. <laughs> i'm kidding uh no um yeah, I, I I'm interested to see because because like again back to that that like question that you asked about like that side chain the, the you know the proof of work side chain and, or not the side chain but the the forked the forked mm-hmm. chain of ETH, um, you know they can't transact faster, the costs are higher, it's more energy inefficient. Yeah, right. Dude, that's Good one point. of the one of the big like benefits of moving to proof of stake is is going to be. You know, just the overall, you know, megawatt outage, yeah. right? That that it will take to validate a transaction. The, the, the normies cannot criticize Ethereum anymore for Correct. energy consumption because Correct. it's gone on ninety nine point five percent. You guys don't see me, but I'm doing the finger thing. You know, and you can't see me now, but now he can. I'm doing the. Don't do that, normies, <laughs> or whatever they call you. Yeah, so I, I think it's I think it's interesting. Um, it's up today. Um, Interested to see where it goes. I'm still completely dry out of the market. Feet mm. are not wet at all. So I'm waiting for that colossal fall. I don't know if it was today oh, or okay. it was this week, but I'm looking at entry points and uh, and ETH is looking mighty, mighty interesting now, especially now that they dumped a bunch onto the market. Um, well, yeah. it might be interesting to know that Ethereum just hits its 200 week average today um mind you this is a very high time frame indicator so i'm looking at my chart here um i pull it to the weekly chart and i turn off my turn on my where are you looking at the chart by the way is it i'm looking at on um, trading trading, trading view trading view okay yeah so i turn on my um 50 day and 200 day simple simple moving average on the weekly charts, 
and we just hit um thirteen thirteen hundred thirty dollars, which happens to be the two hundred day sorry two hundred week moving average. So it's a big indicator. So not obviously not financial advice, but usually when things hit that two hundred day or two hundred week average, it's it's an indicator for reversal to the mean. So usually um, things go up from there. And obviously there can be, it takes a lot of time for things to actually move from there. But right. I'm just saying, you know, if you, if your investment time frame is like 20 weeks, you know, you can expect things to, to go up from here. Up only baby, by the way, with that financial advice uh, caveat that you put in there, you're going to love my song next week. All right. You're going to love I can't it. Can't wait to hear it. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. Uh, yeah. you're, you're probably not going to love it, but you know, I'm self-deprecating. So, um, yeah, if, uh, as you do said, go buy ETH, everyone. Uh, I think that's, uh, that was the message there. So, uh, yeah, really, really great point. Um, what else, what else is, uh, what else is interesting out there in the, uh, in the, in the world of the cryptos? Yeah, I think we, since we've been off air, not off air, but since, you know, we'll be on a little bit hiatus. Uh, I want to touch on something that happened uh, while I was away, um, which is the tornado cash ban by the Treasury. Uh, did you and Nesh talk about it? By any no. Time? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so I, I thought this was pretty huge news. Um, background on this is that basically a few weeks ago, um, the Treasury Department decided to blacklist um, tornado cash uh, as as one of the I guess you can call illicit you know money transfer mechanisms, and what they did is they are, you know, disallowing or or, or uh, prohibiting uh, U.S. citizens or people residing in the U.S. to use tornado cash for any type of money transfer purposes, right? And for for those users or for those listeners who are not familiar, tornado cash is a a coin mixer. Which uh, obfuscates the, um, the origin of the funds. Um, so coming yeah. in from one point A to point B, it's going to basically mix the coins together so that you can't tell uh, where the coin was coming from. So it is intended to protect the privacy of the users. Um, one could argue that you know it's being used by criminals for money laundering or illicit purposes. Sure, that happens. But um, the, the, the core principle of Tornado Cash is to protect the privacy of the users or any protocols um, from, you know, any type of super reach by the government. So, yeah, that I, I thought that news was pretty huge. What do you think? What I think is everyone in this country, uh, this country, of course, the, the United States uh, claims to purport that we are free. That we are a free people, you do. And you know what I say to that? If I can't money launder on Tornado Cash, what is life worth living at that point, right? Like, I don't understand how they could take away a fundamental right of mine to wash illicit uh, transfers and hacks and all that. So the reason why this happened, right, was because a, a bunch of, of hackers, right, from, uh, I think it was from the from the Ronin from the mm -hmm. Ronin bridge hack, which we, which we uh, covered at one point, yep. um, use tornado cash, right. <laughs> to launder some of those stolen assets. So yeah. like, I think, um, the really interesting thing that I, I saw is that the, um, the tor tornado cash people out there went and, uh, like open source their code. Mm. Uh, so like two days ago, like the tor tornado cash, uh, source code was put back up on GitHub which is like a really big, if, if you don't know what GitHub yep. is, it's a really big like developer code repository tool that's out there. That's probably, it's, it's the number one, uh, one out there. Uh, so they're like, take that, you know, someone else take tornado cash and turn it into, you know, hurricane cash or something like that. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but I, I think that, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what comes of it. I think, I think it is really, really big news. Um, because, we saw like some of this, um, we, I mean, we, we've seen uh, dribs and drabs of this, right? In the US, right? right? So we, we've seen like, you know, SEC going after 
um, you know, going after XRP and, you know, they tried to go after a bunch of the, we talked about this a little bit last week. They tried to go after a lot of the ICO like yeah. coins, right? So you've seen some intervention there. You see talk of the C- CBDC. You, you see some talk about them like regulating crypto, but I don't think that there's ever been like a ban like this that they've been able to fundamentally and unilaterally say uh, people can't use this anymore. Um, so that's 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 pretty interesting. Yeah. But if you look at, I don't know, have you ever heard of slow mist? Slow, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yes. Yeah. So they're they're like a blockchain security company that's mm-hmm. out there. And they basically did a report and said that 75% of stolen funds that were on the ETH network were transferred to, to Tornado Cash um, in the first half of 2022. So that's right. over over $380 million uh, was funneled through Tornado Cash just in the first half of this year alone. So it's like, <clears throat> it's, it's really like a... a I don't know, like th- this topic in particular is more fundamental and um, it's more like a high level discussion. I'm like, do you believe that things like this should happen? Right. Because I don't think there's any question at all of like how this was being used predominantly. Right. right. So right. I think fundamentally you would say, well, people deserve and part of the reason why crypto was created is so that you can have anonymity in the way that you would transact and that people can't have full traceability in all the things you do and the transactions mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And that's why Tornado Cash is great. But I think if they look at <clears throat> the incoming addresses into Tornado, like you can't see what comes out the other side, but you can see right. what goes in. And they've clearly seen that like people are dumping loads of money into here. So yeah. I have like mixed feel mixed. I have a mixer feelings on this. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, I, I think one. I've seen some people argue that you know this is break. This is breaching like my my uh, constitutional rights, the freedom of speech. I I don't oh. necessarily buy that. I, I think this is more about to me the the, the neutrality of a technology. Yeah, uh, that's being you know compromised, right? Like I, right. I don't, I obviously I don't condone any sort of illicit activities, but if you want to go after a, a a mechanism, a tool for laundering money, you should just ban U.S. dollars, right? Like there you go. U.S. dollars is being laundered. What <laughs> is <laughs> the number one tool for money laundering? Why don't you ban the U.S. dollars? And like, it's up again? right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. not criminal advice though. Not, not criminal. criminal advice. Don't do that, guys. <laughs> Um, but yeah, again, this is just a, another example of of the government's overreaching and and just you know clutching on the straws, trying to find a culprit for protecting customers. Well, well, the real people who they should be going after is the, the scammers, the, yep. the the pumpers, you know, who 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 scam the coins, the, the hard earned money up out of the investors. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to cl- clutch at those paper straws. They get really like soggy in your hands and yeah. stuff like that. Exactly. Um, I think the problem with that is that in order to go after those scammers, you have to invest in technology, right? So the way that internet security works in today's world is as technology innovates, hmm. there is innovation in hacking. And... The U.S. government right now is basically sitting on the sidelines saying, this is right, this is wrong, this may be what we regulate, this may be what we invest in in the future, but there's no watchdog service that actually has any tech that's involved in any of this in the U.S. outside of just, I'm sure what the NSA is doing to make sure that people aren't giving money to Russia and stuff like that and China and stuff like that. Um, But there's no like centralized service, right? Or centralized mm-hmm. governmental organization that is actually invested in any type of mechanism that can go after scammers or hackers, right? right. So it's it's a lot easier for from them in for them in principle to just outright ban or try and outright ban these types of technologies. So it's it's just lazy re- regulation. It, it, it is. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like we can't we don't know how to properly regulate this. Let's just you know, blanket bang everything and don't let people do anything with it. Yeah. So it's, it's stupid, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think, you know, 
the 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 big fundamental issue here is always going to be um how quickly we adopt that technology as a technology person right mm-hmm. that 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 plays a finance person on tv um i think without tremendous investment in all not only all of these technologies but but some of the the um the security around them you're not going to stop the hacks we're going to continue to see hacks yep. we're going to continue to see money laundered in other mixing services because there's other ones that are out there that aren't banned right that they're you know so um yeah i don't i don't see an end in sight here but it'll be interesting to see like how that void is filled by uh you know with with tornado tornado cash being down right. or if someone just like forks it Right. Like I like like I just made a joke about it before, like hurricane cash, like someone could just fork it, you know, provide that. And, you know, people can start using that for a period of time as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's that's another reason why we mentioned why the market was dumping. I think this this regulation, this uh, ruling definitely, you know, was priced in in the sense that people are seeing this, 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 this sword hanging above their head, you know, since, you know, Tornado runs on Ethereum. There's always this, this likelihood of people not being able to freely transact on the Ethereum network. So right. I think part of that you mentioned, you know, might be another reason why Ethereum wasn't doing so well. Um, what what would be wise. what would be interesting as a service, and I just thought about it on the spot, so it's probably very dumb. Um, it would be some kind of like, um, um like similar to like how you transact in, in real estate, right? You have like an escrow service that's Mm. out there. So it would be interesting if there was like some kind of an escrow, escrow related service where you can do the types of things that tornado cash does. But again, if the intention is just for every everyday regular users to put their hard earned ETH and hard earned coins right and to to transact in a way where they obfuscate where you know where that money's going into what addresses it's going to and stuff like that mm-hmm. then just have like an internalized ledger that that organization holds so mm-hmm. god forbid if something illicit does happen you know they can they can subpoena it with with legitimate you know legitimate legal grounds to do so and actually figure out kind of where that money came from i think Maybe that's a happy medium. I don't know. Do you know what that reminds me of? What? <laughs> USDC. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Centralized stable coin that's, that's can be, you know, subpoenaed. Controlled yeah. By the government. So I think the difference, the, the difference with USDC, though, is that once you're, once you have the USDC, right, there's, there will be traceability on what wallets those came from. Right. So, it's it's a little bit different in in how you can have multiple wa- that service holds multiple wallets on the back end that it yeah. continues to shuffle shuffle those various different types of coins into and i think that's the benefit of tornado cash right is that you can obfuscate that stuff it's not just mm-hmm. a pure stable coin but um i don't know man i i don't know like what the what the right answer for this is but you know like it's kind of a greater good philosophical thing yeah it is a philosophical right? debate yeah for sure yeah and you picked the wrong guy to ask that to all, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right so we are 40 minutes in um yep. i think i think i've covered all the news items i want to cover i do want to play a game with you towards the end all right but before before we do that i'll make sure um you covered all the topics you want to talk about. Is there anything else you want to touch on before we um, switch gears? Well, I just want to talk about China like real quick um, right. and talk, talk about, about the the digital yuan. Um, so like, I don't know, a colleague of mine was, was it kind of asking me about this today and he's like, you know, what do you think about the digital yuan? I, I said, well, I think that China is just doing like the most as the kids would say nowadays right like the economy's kind of not looking so great there so we're seeing a bunch of provocative behavior mm-hmm. i think we we've heard from um I, I think since march or april that they were trying to be an alternative for settlements within swift right so they had like a like a like a partnership with swift i think they have like some kind of strategic partnership now with the saudis 
Mm. so that the digital yuan could potentially in the future be a mechanism to settle like OPEC related, you know, oil and, you know, treasury payments, um, with, with the digital yuan. Um, and I just think it's fascinating that, um, at a time when the U S dollar is at an all time high, now you're starting to hear all of this, uh, all this news about the, the Chinese digital currency. So as a Canadian man, um, what are your thoughts on, <laughs> on the digital yuan? As a Canadian man who has no knowledge about Chinese, economy, no knowledge about um, China. Yeah. I, I think, I think, well, well, tell it, tell us like, like what, like our, our, I mean, you're, I mean, you, your parents just went back, right? Like, mm-hmm. like I'm sure you have more intimate knowledge than the stupid, news articles that we get here in the states like is it is it as bad as as people say or reporting on there or like in terms of the the, the currency like we the, econo- the economy the economy on mass yeah i think there's some truth to that i think right we got crushed by COVID, and a lot of, a lot of that was was self-inflicted in my opinion um just the way the governments decided to shut down the economy for no obvious reasons was baffling to me and um, basically, I think our economy has been growing at like like a suboptimal rate for a very long time now, and even today, um, things are not completely opened up yet, and and all of that is contributing to to a very weak economic economy, and the dollar, I mean the the Chinese yuan is obviously not as strong as as it used to be, um, and the dollar is very strong, right? So when you have this. What used to be a what still is a a, a dollar centric um, world, uh, it's just you know becoming more and more apparent that the dollar is is here to stay and it's not going anywhere soon. Like if you look at the DXY or the dollar um, currency index, it's been going to the moon for the past three four months since the war started. So I don't see that change anytime soon. I think whatever the Chinese government is trying to do, like I don't I don't give a crap about. The CBDC, the Chinese CBDC, it's such a load of crap, in my opinion. Like, it's the most disingenuous thing ever, like, for a Chinese a central government to issue a CBDC and, you know, making its, its, its citizen to use it by force and then control them and spy them. Like, every single transaction will be spyable on the CBDC and there will be zero privacy. I mean, there's already zero privacy, right? Everybody's using WeChat these days. Nobody uses cash cash anymore in China. So CBDC is just another, I guess... Mechanism you know, of control? Exactly. It's just yeah. another another way for them to control the people. Does it surprise you that they're like the first ones to kind of like, like kind of move forward with that, like their own CBDC? Oh, or not at all. I no. think the government is very efficient with in, with innovation when it comes to controlling and manipulating and controlling the people. And CBDC, like they they were they were against blockchain for a very long time, but as soon as they hear that oh we can create this digital currency that's going to be make everything immutable and recordable on the chain. They just jump right into it. You know, we're gonna we're gonna implement, we're gonna work on this, and then have this available for the people. So when things like that happen, I like I'm not surprised at all. I just feel like that's obviously not gonna be beneficial for the people, and I'm not sure. Actually, I'm I'm pretty sure that it's not that's not what um, blockchain technology is intended use for. Yeah, so they're they're exp- extending the trial of the CBDC now to to Guangdong, right? Which is mm-hmm. the like, kind of the most populous province uh, in China. And what I would say to the the fine people of Guangdong, if you're listening right now, the Tornado Cash code is up on GitHub. Um, so just go up there. Yeah. Don't touch. <laughs> don't touch it. Don't touch CBDC. Just, just go straight just to stand Tornado that thing or up. Hurricane, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> just stand that bad boy up. And you guys will be good to go. Yeah, I think we cu- I think we put a bow on that bad boy, right? There you go. Yeah, and we saved a bunch of people at the same time. God bless. All right, All right tell me about your game. I'm interested. All right, so this game is called uh, Over or Under. Um, you might be familiar with it, but basically, it's a it's a forecasting game. We're talking about specifically time frame for Q4 2022. So I'm gonna give you a a target a number. Mm. And I'm going to ask you whether um, you believe that we're going to get over or under this number by the end of the year. 
Got it. So again, for everyone that's listening to this, if you miss the intro, um, you fade everything that I guess, right? Because that's generally things move in the opposite direction of what I expect. Uh, I'm going to start fading myself, by the way, uh, okay. which is a kind of weird because if I'm fading myself, am I thinking that would make about you right? Right? The, would make me right? Okay. Shit. All right, just go. <laughs> All right. First one. 35k BTC by the end of the year, over or under? Way under. Way under. I'm Way honest. under. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Bitcoin will go above 24 for this foreseeable future. Okay. So Fair everyone enough. buy Bitcoin, basically. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 2400 dollars Ethereum. Way under. Year. Way under. I don't even need you to complete that sentence. That's right. that's a way under. Uh. Reason why is it's going to take a shitload of time to get through that uh, supply that was dumped on the market from mm. a bunch of the miners. I think it. I think it'll take months to to get through that while the burn rate is high. Um, even with that uh, that uh, you know the the EMA that we hit, I think I think I think under. You do you disagree? You think over? Um. I'm gonna say over, yeah. Oh, oh the bulls I, are. By out. the way, I'm 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 taking notes. By the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna look back in six months, and then uh, I'm gonna either laugh at you or laugh at myself. You laugh at me anyway. I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. next one. Four point five percent Fed interest target range. Oh, I think that's really close. I think that's right. So what's it at now? It's like 3.2%. So that would mean we would just need another 75 basis points Mm -hmm. per meeting, which what they're meeting every two months, right? Or every month Mm -hmm. and two months. Something like that. So they just raised it again. So they just raised it to three, right? Um, actually, I think it's between, they give a range of three to 3.25. 3.25. Oh, that's a really good, like, uh, that's a really good. So what I suspect, what I suspect is this is going to be over. Okay. Okay? And I think it'll just be just over, just um, because I think we're going to get another really bad CPI reading. Hmm. And I really, really think that the Fed like has this pipe dream that they want to start tapering or, or dropping points next year. So mm-hmm. I think they're going to do something drastic and like raise a full base. Like I, I think if we see another CPI where we're forecasting it to be in a certain range and it comes in higher again, I think they won't hesitate to raise it a full point. And I think if they raise it a full point, we'll be we'll be just we'll be just about there. Yeah. We'll be just about there. So, yeah. So, in your opinion, Jerome Powell is going to go full hawkish on us, just you know. Oh yeah. Raise the interest rate to the moon. So, so I mean, you know, our granddaddy Jerome over there. I mean, he's he is like oh, so dovish when he talks about like the recovery of this stuff, mm-hmm. right? But every time we actually, you know, it's not. I mean, rates have been going up every single time, right? Um, so I, I don't, I don't think he's going to say things that are explicitly super hawkish. Um, but I think they're just going to continue to raise rates. So we'll see how that, that kind of works out. Yeah. I I agree with you on that one. Yeah. I think it's to be over. All right. Next one, 2.5, the number of major DeFi hacks, major DeFi hacks defined as over a hundred million dollars. Oh, oh! Is there like even a hundred million dollars in the market? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I am going to so so that's before the end of the year, yes. right? You know what? I'm going to say, and this is going to sound insane. I'm going to say under. Under. Wow. I'm going to say under. Um, just because. Um, I say that now that the market is like like up today on a super red day. Right. But I I say that because like, I don't see like all of this liquidity just suddenly in the market. 
uh, I think a lot of people are hanging out on the sidelines. I, like, so There's I don't no know. There's no money to hack from. <laughs> that's, that that, that's like what my thought process is around this. Um, but like, you know, like Celsius is gone. Like, like a bunch of the big players like are either like, you know, done or there isn't a ton of like liquidity right. out there. So I'm going to say no for that reason. I think there'll still be a, a ton of hacks. Mm. So I don't want people to, because <laughs> uh, I've been on record saying, I think the technology around security is absolute garbage, right? Mm-hmm. So I still think there's going to be a ton of t- the hacks, but because you put that explicit high watermark of over a hundred mil, mm-hmm. I think, I don't think there will be uh, more than, I don't think there will be three of those before the end of the year. All right. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Um, last but not least, zero point five. The number of Fody baby by the end of the year. Oh, by the end of the year, zero. <laughs> zero. Oh, we're sure. I'm sure. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure about that. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's an easy math problem. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Just checking. Just 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 checking. You know. Yeah. You never know. Sometimes. You never know. Yeah, maybe I'll have some good news soon, though. Um, <laughs> but uh, as of right now, that is definitely under. <laughs> All right. All right. at, least I, at least I hope so. I mean, yeah, I guess well, you never. I guess you never know. You come out of the woodworks. I've had a long exactly, life. Exactly. You know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, All right, man. So that's that's the game. Um, and I think that's pretty much wraps up for for today. Um, yeah, I think um, before we jump off, anything else you want to cover or any other, you know, closing thoughts? I just got to say that I'm sorry that I cheated on you with Anish, and I know that it hurts you deep <laughs> down. And um, it's really great to have you back, man. Um, so the num- so the last one, the number of cohorts by the end of the year, zero, two, uh, over two. Under. Uh, over under i think i think we're good at two um i i I like getting like some different variety in here um hopefully we'll have some more um some more guests uh in the future i have a couple lined up but uh in terms of like ogs of this podcast yeah i don't i don't see that changing for them we're coming up on a year man like it's so crazy is that yeah it's so exciting it's insane what is it october is that it is or yeah i think we started first episode in like late october last late year. october so dude we're we're almost there i mean i can't oh. i can't cheat on you before our one year anniversary <laughs> I've, been, I've been told that reliably so <laughs> no that's uh you do i think you you did a great job and it's a nice uh it's a uh nice uh little switch up that we did this week and i i think we i think we we, we found something here we should yeah. we should we should uh kind of riff off of each other like this more i think it's a good yeah. format yeah we'll continue to experiment we'll continue to um try new things and see what clicks and then we'll we'll do more of it absolutely absolutely so it's your it's your outro all right that's my outro um oh shit now i forgot what i was gonna say um all right everybody have a great rest of your night and stay safe out there cowboys hey what is on the street you found someone i guess now it goes to tone